You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's edition of Locked On Cardinals, joined by St. Louis Cardinals minor leaguer Alec Burleson. Alec, thanks for joining on the show today, and how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know Alec, he was a 2021 uh, MILB organization all-star for the Cardinals, had a meteoric rise through the minor league system last year. And Alec, we're going to get to a lot of different subjects. We have a kind of a fun, a couple of fan questions as well. But I just want to kind of start generally. When you look at your, your season last year, uh, you, you played at three different levels. Uh, you started out in Peoria, then Springfield, then Memphis. What, you know, what can you summarize from that experience playing at, at all those levels in such a short amount of time? Oh, it was great. I mean, obviously, I didn't think my career would, um, you know, move that fast. I didn't think it would, uh, you know, I would, you know, starting the year in high A, it was like, have a good year in high A. Um, if you if you get moved up, great. But just finish year in high A, have a good year. And then I got sent up to double A after two weeks. And I was like, all right, probably not going to go up anymore. Just have a really good year in double A. And um, finish the year and, the, and then, you know, get to the off season and then got called up to Memphis and, um, you know, it was just a great experience with, uh, you know, just meeting basically everybody in the organization, <laughs> all the players and, um, you know, it was just a great experience for sure. Now, I feel like a lot of times when, especially baseball, when somebody gets on a roll, whether it's hitting or pitching, it's all about muscle memory and repetition. When you got on a roll at your different levels and then you got called up to a different one, did you find it hard to, to kind of stay in the groove? And especially if you have a different organizational hitting philosophy from double A AA to triple tri- A, or what was that like trying to balance the different different philosophies and different coaches you were with? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you definitely get comfortable, um, you know, being around certain guys or certain coaches, but I think with the Cardinals, it's an overall philosophy, um, an organizational philosophy and, um, you know, all the hitting coaches buy in and, um, you know, different hitting coaches have different kind of, wouldn't say drills, but maybe, you know, some different ticks or something that can help you and you get comfortable with them and then you get moved up. But I think, you know, throughout the three levels that I went, I think everybody, you know, was awesome and, um, but it's definitely hard to, you know, go go up a level and you're and you're trying to fit in and um, you know find your place and all while trying to produce on the baseball field and because um, I, I take very I take pride in you know being kind of a locker room guy and um, I, I think that's just as important as obviously playing the game itself and you know trying to balance all that and uh, it's definitely tough but I, I think it's you know something that I did well last year and going to try and continue that this year. How do you see yourself continuing that? Cause you know, if things go well, likely you'll be at AAA for most of this year, maybe even, you know, going up to the major leagues, but you know, you, do you envision yourself, you know, obviously who knows what's going to happen, but being a little bit more of a, of a anchor in the locker room at Memphis this year. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of older guys in that lock that are going to be in the locker room, and um, fortunate I was fortunate enough to last year spend some time with them, get to know them. So I think it'll uh, just from a comfortability—I don't even know if that's a word—but um, just from <laughs> just from a, a comfort standpoint, you know, coming in and starting the year fresh and being around guys that you know, and um, you know, I, I'm not really going to focus on. Kind of, I'm going to take the same look as when I was in Peoria or Springfield, or just kind of 
to have a good year there and because I, I can't control when they're going to, you know, call me up. It may be this year. It may not. And, um, you know, I'm not really going to focus on that. I'm just going to focus on, you know, what I can control and my preparation and, and hopefully that pays off for sure. Well, an old adage that my high school baseball coach used to tell me, and you're probably a much smarter man than I am or he is, but he always said that you're a sore arm away from getting playing time. And I'm sure that, you know, that mantra sticks, you know, well to you with going up all those three different levels. Uh, but let's go back to, to draft day because it was 2020 when you were drafted. You were the second round pick of the St. Louis Cardinals, overall number 70. Only five rounds in that year's draft because of the COVID-shortened season and everything Major League Baseball tried to do with, with the pandemic, probably at its height at that point. Did you take more pride in knowing that you were drafted in the second round with there only being five rounds, or does that even impact you, or are you just happy to get drafted by anybody? Um, I mean, it was it was definitely – there was a lot of question, you know, once my season got canceled um, at, at East Carolina. Um, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so I, I kind of stay prepared. I, I we, we didn't know if teams were going to have, you know, workouts or, or whatnot. Um, but, you know, obviously I was fortunate enough to get drafted by the Cardinals. And, um, you know, I, I think that it, it was a surprise just because nobody knew what was going to happen with that draft. Um, we didn't know if they were going to take risk, if they were going to, you know, play it safe. And, and But definitely happy that, you know, I was a second rounder and, um, you know, that's kind of where I saw myself, but I just wasn't sure with the COVID draft, you know, I mean, COVID threw a lot of, a lot of stuff at us and, and, you know, just, I, we just didn't know. I talked to my agent a lot and he had his ideas, but, um, you know, we just didn't know, but obviously, you know, very happy that the Cardinals decided to take me there. It seems to have worked out for, for both parties so far within the first year or so uh, of your guys' partnership together. And, with that 2020 season, obviously there was no minor leagues last last year. Did, did, did you I saw, see you played in some summer league? How did you stay sharp uh, when there was no real, you know, like you said, your college season was canceled? How, how did you find yourself staying sharp in those times? Um, so I went home um, from East Carolina um, after our season got canceled, and you know, just this was in the heat of the pandemic, and, and wasn't sure what was actually going on. Um, so, you know, tried to do a lot of in-home stuff um, and, and then kind of when it, you know, loosened up a little bit, was able to, you know, get into a gym. I, w- I would go up to my local high school or my high school and, uh, you know, hit in the cage outside and stuff and um, just prepared for, you know, if they wanted to try and get guys together to have kind of a workout or something, um, you know, kind of had a little bit of a gym down in my basement, not much, but just enough to, you know, get me by and then, um, you know, just do, doing anything I could to make sure that I was prepared for whatever was going to happen. Now, when you look at, or at least when I look at your college stats across three seasons, you hit 12 home runs. And then in one season in the minor leagues, you hit 22 home runs across three different levels. Was there anything that you did a lot in those, you know, gym workouts or at home workouts that you tried to retool your swing mechanically to add a little bit of power to your game? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't credit it to a swing. I think my my swing now is actually more simple than it was in college. Um, it's very very short. Everything's kind of preset. Um, it, it was just more of a fact that when I was East Carolina, I was pitching and hitting, doing both, and so obviously I had to take care of my arm. So I, I couldn't lift as a normal position player, 
And, um, you know, once I finally got drafted and, um, you know, we had some talks like, Hey, you're, you're more than likely just going to hit. So focus on that. Um, you know, I was able to get in the gym and do a lot of different things that I wasn't able to do because I had to take care of my arm. And I, I think that's, that was the biggest contributor to that. Um, you know, I had a little bit of power in college, but, you know, being able to get in the gym and do those types of things, I think that's what really contributed. I wouldn't contribute it to a swing. I think my, like I said, I think my swing is actually um, more simple and, and it's it's not much different. I just think I've been able to get stronger and, um, you know, more agile and, and focus on the things that a position player would focus on rather than, you know, not just a pitcher, but a two-way that has to, you know, do all those things at the same time. Yeah, feel like a lot of times, you know, grow, growing up, everybody wants to be a two-way player. Did you have a preference on, you know, obviously you played two-way in college, as you mentioned, but did you have a preference once you got to the big leagues? I wanted to pitch. I wanted to hit. I wanted to try both. wanted to try to do the Shohei Otani route, or were you just kind of whatever the organization told you is what you were going to do? Uh, I mean, you know, going through the draft process, you know, most teams were saying, hey, your bat's probably going to be what we want. Um, and I was fine with that. I, you know, I really enjoyed pitching, but it, I – I think that um, I, I wasn't the most talented pitcher out there, but, you know, my mindset really made my stuff play up a little bit. And so I think that's why, you know, I was a, a fairly decent college pitcher and, um, you know, but I, I just love hitting. Like that's, that's kind of, that's, that's just what I want to do. And, um, you know, being able to solely focus on that was a, a big, mental release really um you know going to practice at east carolina you i'm there before everybody else having to get my pitching stuff in so that i can do my hitting stuff and then um you know i'm on a, a pitching workout plan so i i have scheduled lifts and stuff and, and it was just you know you know pitching on friday and then i have to get a lift in on saturday before the game so um you know it, it was just a big mental release more than anything but no, I def definitely glad that, um, and, and like I've said before, if they want if they want me to get there in three outs, you know, I, I could probably do it right now, but um, I'd rather stick to you know hitting. But this episode is brought to you in part by BetOnline.net. Even though football's over, basketball is in full steam for pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performances, props, and to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball as well. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage and information as well when it was happening. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, a lot of times if position players are pitching, it's either really good for your team or really bad for your team, depending on the, the what the score is. I remember whenever I was little, I would always tell my grandfather, I was like, why aren't pitchers really good hitters? They know what pitches are coming. You know, that was my little you know, nine or 10-year-old mindset. But th does your extensive pitching background, has that helped you at the professional level? Uh, obviously, you know, having, having an idea of how to attack a hitter, does that help you attack a pitcher? Oh, for sure. It's definitely something that, you know, I take pride in it is not so much thinking as a hitter or just thinking about scouting reports or um, obviously those are important, but, you know, being able to 
not so much get frustrated with yourself in the box, but say, okay, he just beat me with this. What is he going to try to do with that again? Is he going to try and throw that again? Is he thinking I'm thinking he's going to throw that again and, and try and, you know, try and throw something else. So um, I try and put my mind when I'm in the box in the pitcher's mind. So it's more of, um, you know, and, and my, my talent will take care of itself. But, you know, I have an, an advantage if I can kind of pick the pitcher's brain and kind of know what's going on. And um, and not only when I'm in the box, you know, when I'm in the dugout watching the game or something, um, you know, you can pick a lot of things up from what a pitcher wants to do, what he's trying to do that day. Uh, but, no, it's definitely an advantage. And, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that can do it. But I feel like me having that experience at a high level of pitching, like I know I know what they want to do with it. So. Well, you've definitely taken that advantage and run with it with the numbers you've put up uh, in your first year of professional baseball. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you guys are in Florida right now prepping for your minor league season. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We're here early. Uh, the couple, or I'm here early. There's a couple other guys here early, um, you know, just taking ground balls or taking fly balls, hitting, um, you know, just kind of a half day, getting it done in the morning and then having your afternoons. So. Sure. When does the rest of the, the team um, get in and, and just kind of, you know, kind of elaborate a little bit more on, you know, preparation for, for the season is uh, you guys, your guys opening day is coming up uh, quicker than we might realize. Yeah. So I think everybody has to be here. Um, everybody has to be here for physicals on Saturday, I believe. So that's the fifth, mm-hmm. March 5th, I believe. Um, and then I think our first kind of on the field stuff will be Monday. Um, so, you know, we have this week kind of with the early group to get our stuff in and then, uh, spring training starts Monday, I believe. Awesome. And I know it was announced a little while ago, if you don't mind my asking that the AAA is going to have some, some automated strike zones. Um, do you have any, any thoughts on, on that or, um, you know, how are you guys are preparing for that? If, if that's going to affect you guys at all? Yeah, I, I just found that out about a week ago and, <laughs> um, uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of things that go into a baseball game, and I think the human aspect of it is one of those things that goes into a baseball game. And, um, you know, the, um, the umpires are there, and they've been there for the since baseball, you know, first began. And I, I think taking that away, um, I know the pitchers are going to love it. Pitchers are going <laughs> to – but, the, but they're also, you know, not going to get some pitches that they think they should get. And then they go look at the track man and it's not in the zone. And there's, not, you know, nothing they can do. But, um, you know, I, I can just picture, you know, a, a catcher setting up outside to me, calling a fastball away, and he just jerks it into me and it, it clips the track man. And, he you know, the catcher's flying across the home plate to catch it. And, it you know, there, there's nothing there's nothing you can do because an umpire is going to call a strike and, can't argue with him because right. <laughs> he's not even making the call. So, right. um, yeah, I'm not a fan, but, you know, it's something you'll have to deal with. But, you know, there's some positives. Like once you learn the zone, you know the zone. Um, right. You don't have to go to the yard every day and what's the umpire's zone going to be today? You know, yesterday he loved the pitch at my neck. Now was he going to give us three, <laughs> or, three or four balls off? Um, right. So you know the zone, but, um, yeah, it's – We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar mindset with you. I am an umpire at the high school and a little bit at the collegiate, low low collegiate level. And, you know, it's one of those things that might have to adapt to a little bit. But like you said, the human element is a part of it. And there's probably a way a 
different discussion to have umpires be held maybe more accountable for their strike zones or for their calls. But I'm on the same boat as you in terms of, you know, why take out the human element of it. And again, that's a different soapbox for, for a different time. Um, Going back to kind of your season, is there, what are some personal goals you have for this upcoming season for, for, for yourself, either offensively, defensively, or just, or just as a team? Uh, I mean, personally, for me, I want to be able to, um, you know, just maintain throughout the season. I feel like once I kind of got to AAA with all the traveling, and I, obviously it's my first season, so I, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, you can have guys tell you what's going to happen, but, um, you know, I think just being able to play 140 or ha- however many games I'm going to play, <laughs> just just being able to produce all the way through the end of the season. Um, and, and I kind of, like I said, I kind of hit a lull there in Memphis, um, just cause I was tired and, you know, I wasn't, I don't, I feel like there were better ways I could have taken care of my body and, um, you know, really focusing on those this season and leaning on people to, um, you know, kind of guide me through that, that have been through it. And obviously I've been through it, but, um, you know, there's a lot more than just going out there and playing nine innings every day. Uh, you know, you've got the pre- Pre stuff to, to, you know, prevent injuries. And then you've got the post stuff to, again, prevent injuries and, um, you know, make you better down the stretch rather than being super hot for two months. And then, and then you, you fall off, fall off the cliff because you haven't taken care of your body or taken care of your body or anything. So, uh, personally, that for me is just, you know, obviously having a good year, but having a good year throughout the entire year, not just the first, you know, four or five months, however long it may be. When you talk about preparation and taking care of your body, you know, in high school you mentioned the the extra workloads you had to do with, with pitching and the pre stuff you had to do Friday, Saturday, and all this kind of thing. Do you think that you know it, it was kind of a a change in change in uh, routine when you were just preparing as a hitter and that kind of uh, attributed to, to the lull that you mentioned, or was it just plain and simple? It was just a lot of baseball games at one time. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you think in college, my last full college season, I played half the games that I played last year um, and, you know, we're, we're flying, uh, you know, with East Carolina, we're fl- flying to Houston, where, wherever we're going, we're flying, but now we're on a bus and, um, you know, it's, it's just a different, and, and you're playing six days out of the week continuously in college, you're playing 56 games, but you're playing four a week. Now here you're playing six a week and you're off day, you're more than likely traveling, um, so yeah, like you said, it's just plain and simple. Just it's a lot of baseball, and um, you know, do, doing the little things right to take care of your body to make sure that you have longevity through the season. I think that's a big key for me um, to you know be able to produce throughout the end of the year. When when you think back to last year, the 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 jump to each league probably dealt with a lot of different things, specifically between AA and AAA. So between your time at Springfield and your time at Memphis, what was the biggest difference in uh, ability on the mound of what you were facing? Were the pitches that much faster? Were they just that much more located? What was the biggest thing you think you had trouble with adjusting AA to AAA? So I I think, you know, guys in AAA, most guys in AAA, especially relievers, have, have been to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they know what they're doing or they're right there on the fringe, um, you know, of breaking their one at one good outing away from getting there. And, um, I, I just think they, they, they know what they're doing. They, they know how to pitch. They, 
they're really good at reading swings. Um, and, you know, that's credit to catchers too. You know, I think catchers, as, as I got up, levels were a lot better, not just back there as a backstop. They're actually, you know, learning the game and, and reading hitters and stuff like that. Um, so, so I think that's, you know, they just know how to pitch. And every level I got, I went up from high A to double A, double A, triple A. They, they just got better at pitching. I wouldn't say the stuff was that much better. Obviously, you have some outliers um, with some different guys, but um, you know they just know how to pitch. They know they know what they're doing up there, which obviously is hitting's hard, but it makes it a lot harder when when the guy knows what he's doing. So. I do want to tell you guys about a way to stay healthy but still enjoy a delicious treat, and that is Built Bar. If you're still trying to hold on to your New Year's resolutions, I know it's nearly the end of February, but you can still eat healthy and get a delicious tasting treat with a Built Bar, including Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars product ever. Puffs are protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered 100% in chocolate. Even the Built Bars are covered 100% in delicious chocolate. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away with these high-calorie, low, excuse me, high-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb protein bars. You compare the 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein of a Built Bar to a candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is the way to go. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is also brought to you in part by rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're ever going to need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter looks at their database to see what they have? You have access to rockauto.com at home or on the go on your mobile device, so don't choose to spend up to 100% more for the same parts at a chain store when you can get it for half that price at rockauto.com. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. They're at rockauto.com. Hitting, in my opinion, is the hardest thing to do in professional sports. All due respect to every other sport, I'm not saying anything else is easy, but trying to hit a round baseball with a round bat with the way these pitchers are throwing these days, it, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you, I don't know how you did that and pitched a baseball, and let alone I don't know how you do that in and of itself. So I'm in awe of you and everybody else there. Um, when you look forward to this season, is there any? or even last season, was there a teammate in Memphis that you really kind of bonded with and you know, maybe you kind of connected with a little bit more that you're looking to kind of grow a relationship with this season? Maybe it's a veteran or somebody that you're taking under your wing, even as a first year. Is there any relationships that you're looking forward to this, this summer? Um, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of guys. You know, uh, Brendan Donovan, he started in Peoria with me, and then, uh, you know, a couple weeks after I got to Springfield, he came up to Springfield, and then, um, you know, three or four weeks after I got to Memphis, he was up in Memphis. So we kind of, you know, took the same journey. 
Um, but he's actually my roommate now. Um, and also, you know, Luke and Baker, yeah, he kind of took me under his wing in, in Springfield and, and he was up in Memphis the last two weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that, you know, I was able to, um, you know, get close to in Memphis and, um, you know, just looking forward to when they get here on Friday or Saturday and, and seeing them and, uh, you know, getting back to work. Yeah, we're going to as we kind of start to start to wrap up. Going to get to a little bit of a, a fun sort sort of questions here as we wrap up. Minor leagues, in my opinion, are known for their wacky names and uh, their their fun mascot names. Cardinals, you know, they got the Springfield Cardinals and the Memphis Redbirds. What's the wackiest minor league nickname that you can think of that you've played at? That I've played at. Um, I mean, you got the the Jumbo Shrimp in Jacksonville. That was that was kind of wonky. Um, Can't think of anybody else. I'm trying to think. One at the double A level that I always think of is the Akron Rubber Duckies. Um, yeah, you got the, them, and you got the, the Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got the, but luckily, or did, didn't play any of them. I'm trying to think of anybody in our league or anything. Um, I mean, pretty much everybody had a normal name, but yeah, the first one that came to mind was the Trash Pandas. I don't know why that one came, <laughs> came to mind, but um, yeah, like I said, the Jumbo Shrimp. That's just kind of. A little different, so definitely got some, got some odd ones. What, what what are your thoughts on like the, those odd nicknames? Would you feel like would that affect your play at all if you were playing on those kind of odd, maybe not necessarily serious mascots, or is it just you know no, something or another? No, I don't think it would matter. Um, you know, still the game, and, and that's more for the fans than anything. I feel like uh, it may be weird to put on a uniform that says rubber duckies, but you know, <laughs> it's still not going to affect how I'm going to play. So. At the end of the day, if you're hitting 20-something home runs a year, I think I think you'll be just fine, right? Yeah. Uh, one yeah. question comes in from Twitter, a guy named Zach Billings. What is your order at Waffle House? Uh, all-star special, for sure. Well, what's in an all-star special? Uh, it's got it's got everything. It's got a uh, you know scrambled eggs. It's got um, you know I normally get bacon and sausage, hash browns with cheese, uh, and a chocolate chip waffle. Chocolate chip, ooh, that's really good. I, I don't like waffles, but I feel like if, if anything is has chocolate on it, I'll be fine. I think well, if I'll there's be. any opportunity to put chocolate on something, it's good. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Agree with you there. And, um, just, just kind of a question that, that I had growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, according to your MILB uh, page, not a lot of baseball teams around there. So growing up, was there a team or a player that you grew up watching, or what kind of got you into the sport? Yeah, well, so so my dad was, um, you know, he. He played baseball in high school and, and had a couple offers out of high school, but, you know, chose to kind of get into the workforce and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we had the Charlotte Knights right there. They were actually – when they were the Knights, the Charlotte Knights, they were actually – before they got in that new stadium, they were down in – I think it was Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, so they were the Charlotte Knights, but they were in – not in Charlotte. Um, but I, I grew up a Yankees fan. I uh, kind of jumped on the bandwagon, and my my football <laughs> team was we were the Yankees. So, um, you know, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, watching those guys, um, you know, was a fan for them growing up. So, well, I'm sure Cardinal fans everywhere are happy to have you in the, in their minor league system, and, and hopefully one day uh, producing at Bush Stadium as well. So that's all the questions I had, Alec. I appreciate you taking the time here, and I wish you and everybody else the best of luck training down there in Florida, and good luck in Memphis once your season starts as well. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. That's Alec Burleson, everybody. His Twitter's right there if you're watching on YouTube. Be sure to follow along with the Memphis team this season as they uh, look to provide some pretty exciting baseball this summer. So until I talk to you guys next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.